time for us to get into our wellness conversation for this week looking at love languages what are love languages what do they tell us about the things we often need from other people are they real do you believe in love languages if you do what is your love language what are the things that make you feel loved when a partner or even a friend a family member does them for you uh, let us know. We want to know on 011-8830702. You can also send us your WhatsApps on 072-7021-702. We are joined, as always, by our resident clinical psychologist, Dr. Kosi Chiane. Dr. Chiane, a very good morning to you. Good morning, good morning, Gooks. And so this week, we are talking about the idea of love languages, which I think have gained quite a lot of popularity over the last couple of years. Um, And when we talk about the love languages, there are apparently five of them. What are Mm -hmm. we talking about? What is a love language? Right. So I think for me, love languages are a conceptual framework that then serves as a, a window, a lens, a vocabulary, a construct that, that we can draw on in order to look and see and read patterns of inclination within ourselves and others. Um, And so what it says, it speaks to the fact that we are, as human beings, we are all wired in what we would say perhaps universal, humanly universal or common ways, and yet in singularly unique ways as well. Mm -hmm. And so it, it then allows us to tap into that person's code, as it were, you know, uh, the Da Vinci code, each person's code, uh, that allows us to be intentional in how we interact with them so that we are able to, to maximize the impact and therefore the benefit of our efforts in reaching them in our, in our acts or in things that we say and do so that we, we, we are able to speak to each other rather than past each other. It's, and it becomes a hit and miss, mm-hmm. right? So it's about maximizing ways in which we can see and hear each other. Yeah. And so I remember watching, uh, I actually can't remember if it was a video or if it was a tweet I'd seen that said love languages are often about or can often be the things we wish we could have gotten as children that now as adults are quite fundamental for us so Mm -hmm. if you are someone that you know your love language is words of affirmation the theory was that maybe you grew up in a home where you know your parents or your primary caregivers never told you that they were proud of you or that Mm. they were that you were pretty or um, that you did a good thing you know that where someone sees you and affirms you that Mm. that's how like words of affirmation would become important physical touch you were someone and I imagine you know you grew up in a home where they wasn't hugging or touching or kissing and so that becomes a thing that becomes quite fundamental is there any truth to that that often what we then say we need now as adults is Mm. stuff we actually wish we'd gotten or that we desperately needed when we were younger but but couldn't ask for it for whatever reason Uh so there's certainly a lot of truth or a possible um, validity in in that argument but equally so it 
the, the opposite could be argued that says, because I grew up with words of affirmation, those are the things that resonate with me. So when I don't hear them anymore, there is a longing for that continuity because they have shaped who I am or how I am. You know, they've, in some ways, I've been wired by that language. And therefore, it's a language that's immediately accessible to me. And maybe the others are what I don't know. So they therefore don't speak to me as much. They don't resonate. Uh, They don't echo as deeply to me, whereas the ones that I I was raised with are the ones that, you know, are immediately resonant with me. So it can go both ways. And this is the thing about, about these concepts and all theories for that matter. And, you know, as human beings, we've, we've done this in many different ways. We speak about uh, the, the, right brain dominant, the the left brain dominance. We speak about all these various theories, personality theories, the 16PF, the five-factor theories, and so on, all of which are concepts that seek to approximate. No theory or even research will ever fully capture, you know, and contain and pigeonhole the depth and magnitude and complexity of being human. Right. And, and the myriad ways and experiences that write themselves into us, that shape us and speak and get amplified at certain times more than others. Right. And, and, and the mystery of this thing called love itself. There's a whole complexity to it, but it gives us a, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I, the analogy I will use is the one that says, you know, they serve as a finger pointing to the moon but it will never equate to or be the moon itself. So again, they're just windows into a phenomenon that's much more complex and deeper. So on the one hand, they kind of seek to simplify and perhaps give us some simplicity, a handle that we can hold on to, but they also talk to the complexity, both and of being human. So love languages aren't, I guess, a a science. They're not, because even how they came about, I think they came yes. about from a pastor. Yes, um, from a been, theologian and marriage counselor, yeah, Gary Chapman. Yeah. yeah, so he'd been seeing couples. He then writes mm. this book in the early 90s. So they're yeah. not a science. We haven't had, you know, them be tested or, you know, they're yeah. based on research. Uh, so mm. we, we don't, I guess we don't need to be, uh, strict with them or dogmatic uh-huh. about or them. Or mechanistic, exactly. Yes, but mm-hmm. they can be part of the toolbox. They can Indeed. be one of the ways because I think human human interactions, human relationships, just being a human uh, before relating uh-huh. to other people is quite a, mm-hmm. a complicated business. Indeed. So Absolutely. the love languages can be very useful even though they're not they're not you know you don't have to stick to them yes you don't have to stick to them strictly but they can be useful you can use them as a a guideline Mm -hmm. a handle to hold on to you know a map that sort of says oh okay this is the lay of the land but it doesn't necessarily uh, pinpoint the actual point right which is the 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 singularity and unique ways in which those things will play out they they, again it is about perhaps an attempt to simplify to render accessible to the average human being what are those things that speak to us for various reasons some of which you've alluded to you know when we started off here about um, what are the the basic fundamentals what's the blueprint of these things in our lives you know, and it may be the absence thereof or the presence thereof that make them resonate in certain ways. However, 
point to be made is they will not speak to everyone at all times. And at certain times in our lives, we, some may be amplified, more amplified than others because of particular circumstances and the time in which we are and perhaps certain needs, uh, you know, supersede others and wants and desires and preferences supersede others. Mm. So all they are is really a vocabulary that's there for us to be able to say, mm, how do I begin to make sense of this thing called human? Yes. And, and how do I develop a language that allows me to think, to act to, to, to express in ways that reach the person more, more than others. Mm. And so it almost, you know, one of the things I keep hearing, um, and it's from our one of our other contributors, Nikki Bosch, she often says mm. with parenting, the kids need that their core needs are, you know, to be fed, to be watered, mm. but also to be seen or feel to yes. be seen. Mm-hmm. And it seems, you know, with things like love languages, even when we talk yeah. about things like attachment styles, are you avoidantly yeah. attached or anxiously attached mm. or fearfully avoidant or chaotically avoidant? All mm. of those things seem to be about how do how does this person that I'm in a relationship with, whether it is romantic or not, how do they feel seen? What are the things that help them feel this person yeah. sees me? This person mm-hmm. has made an effort in some way to understand yeah. me. Um, uh-huh. Because sometimes you can't just love someone, but it's not in the way they want or they need. Absolutely. And so in Absolutely. the end, they feel as if you don't love me, even though uh-huh. you are, you're putting in hours and exactly. weeks, but it's not in the way that they want. So not exactly. that it doesn't count, but it doesn't mm-hmm. resonate. Exactly. That amplification, you know, and it leaves both sides feeling disappointed because the one person says, I'm doing all of this. I'm Mm. saying all of this and they don't appreciate. And the other person says, you know, feels like they don't feel appreciated Mm. by what the other person does. And what it does, I think the the, the one important benefit of that is that it it allows us to, to kind of step out of ourselves, right? Because I think the easiest or our default inclination is for us to work from where we are, right? So because something works for me, it's very easy to assume that it has the equal impact on the other person. But what the love languages suggest or invites us to consider is, is how does it look from the other person's perspective? How does it land for them does it land the same way that it does for me mm-hmm. and in that way it increases um, our empathy right because for example a person might because they loved a car they say oh i bought you a car because and what does that mean they are doing it for themselves through you mm-hmm. or at least that's how it may come across yeah that because you would have appreciated you. something else exactly mm-hmm. Kingsley uh, on WhatsApp says, good morning, Gogo, Dr. Gianni. I'm not entirely sure if I believe in the defined and accepted love languages, but what I do know is I love one-on-one quality time with loved ones. Physical affection is important. Knowing and feeling that I'm a priority in the other person's life is critical. Ultimately, my potential romantic partner must trigger butterflies and inspire me to want to be the best version of myself. That's from Mm -hmm. Kingsley in Germiston. And it's interesting that for him he has a combination of what would be called the love languages so Uh quality time physical affection probably you know acts of service or words of affirmation so pointing to again they're not as strict 
uh-huh. thing that you can Absolutely. it's one or the other you have to pick one yeah. it can't be a mm. combination sure. um but also i think it's quite interesting that part of i guess the love language here is how the other person makes them feel so the butterflies mm. um and yeah. you know inspiring him to be a, the best version of themselves right so that's the impact and benefit you know so to our point that you cannot apply these as mechanistic tasks and and i think we we are as as human beings in in our quest to understand ourselves and each other uh, you know we're invited to move away from the myopia of dichotomous thinking right that just, just sees phenomena as 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 polar opposites right that sees things as either black or white um, but and, and in that way, you know, seeks to oversimplify, perhaps, and compartmentalize and pigeonhole us into a certain space. But the, the kaleidoscopic thinking that that invites us to wrestle—it's more—it's much more challenging with our own, you know, a, a broad spectrum of simplicity and complexity and the other person's, right? And so it and it invites us to both spaces rather than the dichotomous of one or the other. And that's, you know, the the the, the picture that um, Kingsley is painting. It's saying yes, we can recognize all of these things, and we all need. I I doubt that there's any single person who can listen to these five and says no 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 none of that applies to me ever all of them apply to us in certain ways at certain times but they will be punctuated perhaps by certain experiences or whatever it is that even we don't may not be aware of mm. at all times that will that will resonate much more deeply at a certain time than another yeah and it's quite interesting that you say even if you don't necessarily believe in you know the love languages or you know mm. the the particular i guess tools that in yeah. some way or another they apply and it's so interesting at uh mas tibo uh, tibo the foodie on twitter says you're right gogs mina my love language is that i don't entertain love languages but i don't know that you can right. not entertain love languages the very mm. nature of being in relationships mm. romantic family yep. even in work actually you yeah. you actually need to figure out what are the things people need um yep. to you know what are the things they need so they feel you know seen respected affirmed mm-hmm. so even if mm-hmm. you don't entertain them they're almost unavoidable yeah yes Be- because absolutely because they speak to our humanity that relational currency that we have with each other, that infrastructure that we need to put in place. And I guess the, 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 the word love also kind of uh, the immediacy of it is that it's about romantic only and it's limited to the r- romantic space. But it is just about us as human beings because as we learn to love as we are loved, Right. We learn who we are by how the significant others in our lives write themselves into us and write us into who we are. That self-esteem, self-worth, self-love and all of those things. Those are all just the, the universal relational fundamentals. And therefore, it is just as important in our sibling relationship. 
it is just as important in our friendships and as you rightfully say in our workspace you know we i'm just reminded of a, a, a conversation we had in one of our client um, organizations and it was about you know what recogn- what forms of recognition and reward do we institute in the organization and it could mm-hmm. and, and and one of the dynamics we spoke to was the fact that sure it may be you you know it's about taking people away on holiday but maybe for them it is if you gave me a voucher that allowed me to go and buy groceries for the month it would be far more important and speak so much more to me and make me feel appreciated than if you take us on on quality time weekend away type of thing Mm -hmm. so again it is about how do we fine tune those things that our our acts and 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 and, and our expressions uh, towards each other in a manner that really reaches the the and becomes meaningful for and, the other person. And it's so interesting that I think you raise you know the workplace because often the criticism of workplaces is they'll give workers everything but the thing workers want. So workers uh-huh. want better life, work uh-huh. balance. Workers want more money. Yep. Workers want um, you know a more conducive uh, environment to work in, a more positive environment. And the joke is always that well you know you'll get a pizza party. That's what yeah. you'll get. Um, yeah. So again, a, a bit of a misunderstanding of mm-hmm. these are the things. This is my love language as a worker. These are the mm-hmm. things I want, but uh-huh. and it and it, the thing I get is not at all the thing I want. Sure, and it, and it is about how do we then perhaps consider a spectrum of things that are available so that um, we can customize those to 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 the people so that it achieves the intended it has the intended effect so that you know if you're saying that's a form of recognition the person does feel recognized so there is there is a match between the intention and the impact otherwise it becomes a hit and miss and the organization perhaps will say oh do you know how much money we spent on this 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 and yet people are yes. ungrateful because there's been a hit and miss. It also sounds as if quite a big part of whether or not you want to use the love languages as a framework uh, or you are just, you're trying to figure out how to be a better partner, mother, mm. uh, uh, a boss, sibling, um, sibling yeah. friend, is yeah. there has to be a level of curiosity. You have to Indeed. be curious. What is the thing that Kosi likes? What is the thing that, you know, rather than, oh, I like flowers. Some people don't uh-huh. like flowers. I love flowers. But it, it sounds as if, again, at the core of it is like a sense of wonderment, a sense of curiosity Indeed. about hmm. this person. Yeah. Who are they? What do they like? Indeed. But, but also for themselves, about themselves, right? And, and most importantly, it is how do we communicate those things? So, for example, you've just said you love flowers. I don't. And one of the things that frustrates me, like especially if, we, if I'm invited to speak at an event and so on, is being given flowers. It's like, oh, my goodness. What am I going to do? Flowers and chocolates. And there's kind of that common uh, conception that says, oh, women, you, you can't go wrong with flowers and chocolate. And with me, you totally go wrong with flowers and chocolate. And And I do as best I can <laughs> try to without also, again, you know, being to um, demand or to come across as being demanding, you know, I'd rather a voucher perhaps than I can decide what I, whether I want to buy a book with it or, you know, have a lunch 
with it rather than flowers that are very specific because what I always will do is I'm, from the venue, I am calling friends. Who is at home? Because I can't take, I don't even have a vase in my house. That's how much <laughs> I don't want flowers. Because for me, flowers are a job, a burden of responsibility. Now I must find a vase for them. Now I must water them. Now I must look at whether they are wilting or whatever, throw some whatever in them. And uh, it's, it's work. It's not a gift anymore. It's a burden. Yeah. Now I know not to get you flowers. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I know I can get you everything but Anything flowers. but flowers and chocolate. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Dr. Giane, it's always yeah. a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you so yeah. much for your time. <laughs> Thanks so much. And happy Sunday to you too, good. Thank you. That's our resident clinical psychologist, Dr. Kosi Giane, joining us to talk about the idea of love languages.